The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The teachings of the Ascended Masters are universal and available to all. The Ascended Masters themselves are the saints and sages of East and West, and their teachings incorporate the original core beliefs of all the world's major religions. No matter which religious path you follow, you will find these teachings equally compelling. This is The Open Door. Come along with us as we explore the teachings of the Ascended Masters. Here are the hosts for The Open Door. Tom Schumacher, and Terry Kennedy. Well, greetings, everyone, and thank you for joining us today. You are tuned to The Open Door, the Internet voice of the Summit Lighthouse, where we publish and practice the teachings of the Ascended Masters, and it is our goal to acquaint you with these teachings as well. I'm Tom Schumacher. And I'm Terry Kennedy. You know, before we get into today's program, I would like to say what an honor it is to work with you, Terry, well, with our good friend, are. yeah, well, you know, you deserve it. <laughs> you know, our good friend Sidney Bennett, with Narrowly Duffy, as well as with our crew, our Mira, Armando, and David, and what we call Studio Thirty Three, here in the heart of the Inner Retreat, in beautiful and pristine Gardner, Montana, right on the very doorstep of Yellowstone National Park. You know, it is both a great and a humbling privilege to share the teachings of the Ascended Masters with you. And I would like to stress that you, our listeners, are invited to join us for one of our quarterly conferences or to attend one of our international outreach events. In fact, you're invited any time the Holy Spirit moves you to include a stop at Maitre's Mystery School along your spiritual path. You'll find all the details you need for a visit or to attend a conference, sign up for one of our regular webinars, or just to learn more about the teachings of the Ascended Masters at tsl.org. And now back to our regularly scheduled program already in progress. <laughs> Hi, Terry. Feeling good today? I'm feeling good, yeah. You know, I'm glad to hear that. You know why? Why? Why would that be? <laughs> because it is the Father's pleasure to give you the kingdom of heaven and all good and perfect gifts. Well, you know, I actually did know that. <laughs> I know. It was really a rhetorical question. And the truth is, how we feel is a reflection of what we expect out of life, isn't it? You know, I mean, we get what we put our attention on. And our habitual thoughts are usually a pretty good indicator of what our experience is. Well, sure is. And there must be a cosmic law that governs this, right, Tom? <laughs> yeah, you bet there is. You know, while our thoughts and attitudes do directly affect what manifests in our lives, there's really something more basic and pervasive at work. In other words, cosmic law. Because as we've said many times before, the energy we use to speak, to act, to think is God's energy. This is the concept of being a co-creator with God, one of our favorite topics. So, you know, regarding what we have and, <clears throat> and how much we have, there is a direct relationship between our understanding and application of cosmic law and what we experience every moment of our lives. Yeah. So we must ask the question, are we getting what we want and need? And if not, why not? And, and that's our focus today, the right. science of getting what we want. Yep. The cosmic law of supply and demand. When we bring something from the etheric into physical manifestation, we call that precipitation. You know, and most people are not aware that there is indeed a science of precipitation. 
happiness, health, abundance, and the like are not simply the result of random chance. Right, and, and <laughs> there is a distinct cause and effect relationship at work there. Yeah, and the more specific we can be in stating and visualizing our desires, the more specific the results we experience. You know, in fact, I'm reminded of a very wise saying, if you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time. So it pays to be as precise as possible. So, so what gets in our way that causes our desires to go unrealized? And therein lies the conundrum that we hope to solve today. Again, if we're not getting all we want out of life, why not? Again, as you just pointed out, Tom, a moment ago, we've spoken many times about our innate power to create. Yes, we have. <laughs> this is a perfect example of these very forces at work. We literally, literally have God's energy at our disposal to create as we will, yet... Time and again, something stops us from fully realizing this amazing creative power. You know, maybe it's because we don't believe it's possible to really have what we want, or we don't feel worthy, or we're beset with doubts, fears, and anxiety. You know, it could be any number of things. Well, you just named a couple of the usual suspects <laughs> yeah. there, and they all add up to the experience of limitation and lack. You know, and could it really be this simple? Is it possible that we're all much closer than we know to being able to experience all the good things we desire. Well, it's simply a matter of stepping through the veil of illusion that separates us from the full reality of who we are. Yep, you hit it. <laughs> yep. Once again, we're knocking on the door of one of our favorite topics, co-creativity with God, combined with an understanding of the law of supply and demand. You see, there are cosmic forces at work, constantly in the energetic exchange between God and man. And just what is this energetic exchange? You know, what does it look like? Well, if you imagine for a moment the figure-eight flow of energy between God and man, you will begin to understand how these cosmic forces are forever transferring energy from spirit to matter and from matter to spirit. And allowed to flow freely and uninterrupted by negative vibrations such as fear, doubt, anxiety, and limitation, all that remains really is good, yeah. God good to be precise. And as we've said at the outset of today's program, it is our Father's wish for us to possess every good and perfect gift God's bounty is our bounty, if we will it so. In fact, it is the law that we can draw forth from God every good and perfect gift to meet all of our daily needs. Yeah, so again, what's stopping us? You know, well, this is not an easy question, obviously, to answer. But we can begin by understanding that we live in a world filled with dense vibration. In other words, we are not in paradise anymore. And, and it is the density of our world and the myriad dense thought forms that fill it that actually prevent us from experiencing instantaneous precipitation. Actually, yeah, I mean, only the ascended masters and highly developed adepts have the ability to instantly precipitate what they desire. We, on the other hand, <laughs> must precipitate what we want more gradually, though uh, through such means as meditation, visualization, and the use of powerful decrees and so forth. You know, the good news is that we have the means, the tools, to accomplish this. It just takes practice, persistence, and a little belief. <laughs> Our point is this. <clears throat> we all have this right now, the innate ability to engage the law of supply and demand to satisfy our needs. We've just got to learn to remove the, road, the roadblocks that mm -hmm. we place between us and the abundance we desire. And again, fear, doubt, and anxiety will stop us in our tracks unless we find a way to overcome them. You know, we've got a short piece coming up in a moment titled Abandoned Anxiety that I think will illuminate this subject a bit more. But before we get to it, Let's remind our listeners that we are all subject to cosmic law. Every one of us. And, and you know, it really doesn't matter what our personal belief system may be. The law is the law. It's as simple as that. So becoming better acquainted with cosmic law is a good thing. And you will find many books, CDs, and DVDs that explore this subject in detail in the bookstore on our website, www.tsl.org. And in particular, you will find our books, Creative Abundance and Accessing the Power of Your Higher Self, both by Elizabeth Clare Prophet to be most useful. When we discuss topics like this and open the doors to real possibility, 
We can all sense the truth behind the veil of our earthly experience. Sure can. In our hearts, we know that we have more ability to create what we want than we may typically think. And with this awareness once awakened, there is a temptation, probably hardwired in our human nature, to expect quick results. Which, when they don't materialize, can lead to frustration and disappointment, sending us further (laughs) in the wrong direction. We're not saying that you shouldn't expect results. Having a sense of expectation, in fact, is one of the keys to precipitating what we want in our lives. It's the impatience we should seek to avoid giving God our timetable rather than accepting his. Which is why it is such a blessing to have the teachings and counsel of the Ascended Masters available to us. They've been where we are. They understand the challenges we face. They recognize with great compassion how our self-imposed limiting beliefs, as well as our rash and impatient inclinations, have caused us to experience less than what God desires for us. And the Ascended Masters are all about being useful and practical particularly the use of the violet flame and the science of the spoken word. Here's a brief excerpt from Creative Abundance, read by Terry, that I believe includes an example or two of what we're talking about. Take it away, Terry. All righty. Abandon Anxiety St. Germain tells us that anxiety is a major deterrent to precipitating or bringing into the physical what we need. We cannot be a clear channel for the flow of spiritual and material abundance into our life until we abandon anxiety. I firmly believe that if God has it, we can get it. For as Jesus said, Fear not, little flock, for it is the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. When we entertain doubt or fear, we cannot receive the kingdom of God, in other words, the consciousness of God, or His abundance. St. Germain says it is a fallacy to think that the future will bring us something that is not available to us today. Life is abundant, here, now, and forever, he says. Wherever you are, it needs only to be tapped. In the writings of the Masters recorded by Helena Rorick, we learn that, of all the destructive energies, one should mark the vibration of fear, because fear can destroy each creative vibration. The manifestation of fear is a barrier against each undertaking. How many creative vibrations do you have daily? You have billions, because every drop of energy that descends to you from God is a creative vibration. These are endless currents of light that make up the stream of universal consciousness. These are the potential to create. Fear destroys innumerable possibilities, for when we have fear anywhere in our world, we negate the power of the creative vibrations flowing to us. Instead of letting these vibrations move freely through us and arrange themselves in the positive patterns God has designed for us, anxiety causes this energy to take on the patterns of our fears and worries. When you think about it, anxiety is really doubt that our Creator can supply us with what we need. Yet we know that God has an unlimited source of energy and that we have access to that energy. Try this simple affirmation. Visualize a brilliant white flame tinged with green, known as the fearlessness flame. See it penetrating all feelings of doubt and fear, gloom and doom. As you listen to the following affirmation, see the phantoms of fear and doubt leaving your aura as the flames leap up all around you. I am free from fear and doubt, casting want and misery out, knowing now all good supply ever comes from realms on high. I am the hand of God's unfortune, flooding forth the treasures of light, now receiving full abundance to supply each need of life. Let me repeat this affirmation one more time. I am free from fear and doubt, casting want and misery out, knowing now all good supply ever comes from realms on high. 
I am the hand of God's own fortune, flooding forth the treasures of light, now receiving full abundance to supply each need of life. Thank you, Terry, for that. You're welcome. When we return, we will hear an interview with Elizabeth Clare Prophet titled, The Science of Precipitation. Don't go away. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. On the spiritual quest, our upward journey hinges on four basic questions. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? How do I get there? Who are you? You are a spiritual being, a child of God. And when you recognize this, your whole world changes for the better. No matter where you are or who you're with, the power of this inner knowing will compel you to come up higher. Why are you here? To master your human nature, fulfill your divine purpose, and become one with God. Where are you going? Simply put, you are returning home to the heart of God, where your soul's journey began so very long ago. How do you get there? Follow the Ascended Masters. These great saints and sages of East and West have walked where you walk. They are committed to helping you to find your way home, and their teachings are always practical. Our goal on The Open Door is to keep the spiritual journey as simple and uncomplicated as possible so that all who choose can walk this path with confidence and certainty. The Open Door is live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. And we are the Summit Lighthouse, the pathway to your ascension. For more information, visit www.tsl.org. Be Extraordinary. Seventh Wave Network. You are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. Everyone, um, in the following interview, Elizabeth Clare Provitt gives us an in-depth understanding of the science of precipitation, spiritual alchemy, supply and demand, and the freedom to create. Our interviewer is Doug Kenyon. How does the practice of alchemy affect the law of supply and demand? St. Germain says that it is well for the would-be alchemist to realize that this is an exact and true science whose illumination is conferred upon man by God himself. Its purpose is to teach mankind how to obtain for themselves every gracious gift and virtue which their life streams might require in finding the way back home to God's heart. I think that we misunderstand the true law of supply and demand because we do not understand the interaction of cosmic forces over the figure-eight spiral, 
that is the symbol of infinity as well as the symbol of the transfer of energy from spirit to matter and from matter to spirit. We think that we live in a material universe, but actually we live in a spiritual material universe. And the interchange of this energy over that symbol of the figure eight as well as the Tai Chi is the yin and yang of cosmic forces and of the masculine and feminine principle. Saint Germain's teachings on alchemy, then, are for the purpose of teaching us how this interchange of energy works. He says, I conceive nothing wrong in the idea, nor do I look with disfavor upon your having a divine source of supply to meet all of your needs. I do feel it is needful for you to keep constantly humble and grateful as God places within your hands the key to the control of natural forces. Again, and second to no idea contained herein, is the constant need to understand the universal scheme or plan of creation so that all you design and do will be harmonious with eternal law and cosmic principles. Does this mean that we can immediately draw from the universal anything that we need? It is the law that we can draw forth from God, the universal, every good and perfect gift, all of our daily needs. But it doesn't always happen immediately because we are no longer in the Garden of Paradise. We are outside of Eden, and the edict that was placed upon us is that we would earn our daily bread by the sweat of the brow. We find then that alchemy has been immensely slowed down on this earth that we live on, and that the fruit of our effort comes not instantaneously like a magician, but it comes day by day, cycle by cycle, as the reward for our service and our application. We then talk about the law of precipitation, which means drawing forth out of the universal and coalescing in matter spiritual energies. We talk about direct precipitation, where if I would hold out my hand, instantly there would appear, let us say, that amethyst Maltese cross that St. Germain discusses in this work, Studies in Alchemy. Or we're speaking about indirect precipitation, where through meditation, visualization, and physical work, applying ourselves directly to a project, we would bring about by and by the desired results. In that sense, in the sense of indirect precipitation, millions among mankind today are practicing certain laws of alchemy. And we find in America where there is that peculiar creative genius for work, for science, for invention, and for building a material civilization, that many individuals really do excel in the natural uses of alchemy. However, many of these very ones who would and could become master alchemists need but the key and the precious ingredient of St. Germain's all chemistry of God to make their accomplishments in the material universe take on that broader dimension of spiritual alchemy whereby there is an intensified contact of the soul with the spirit of the living God. It is this science that St. Germain would confer and he has actually succeeded in doing so to many of his disciples on earth. Why, of all things, is St. Germain, the master of the Aquarian Age, teaching us a course on alchemy? Probably, first of all, because he is the master alchemist. But seriously, he is saying in his work, alchemy was originally intended to be a means of enriching individual destiny 
by making available the technique of changing base metals into gold, thereby producing opulence in the affairs of the successful practitioner. He tells us that the dedication of the early alchemists to the cause of ferreting out its secrets was complete, and it was sanctified by the coordination of their minds with the works of their hands. He points out that these alchemists pursue their experiments under the duress of persecution led by the entrenched reactionary forces of their day, and it is a tribute to their lives and honor that they persisted in the search. Thus they brought forth and bequeathed to humanity the bona fide results of their efforts as acknowledged scientific achievement and annotated philosophic knowledge to bless the culture and archives of the world order. St. Germain sees us today as requiring alchemy, and he sees us as needing to pursue the path of becoming the alchemist in order to change not merely base metals into gold, but to change the course of our civilization. St. Germain is the author of the coming revolution. He is the author of the reversing of the trends that we find today. And he tells us that the key to alchemy, to change, that must precede all other keys is the mastery of yourself to a greater or lesser degree. For self-mastery is the key to all self-knowledge. He says that we must acknowledge without question that we ourselves are the alchemist who will determine the design of our creation and that we must know ourself as the real self and our creation as coming forth from that self. This point is the real foundation of the New Age teachings and of the seventh dispensation of the Aquarian Age. And when you reflect upon the fact that the voice of this seventh angel is referred to in Revelation, and you think about the book of Revelation, it's a book of alchemy. It's a book that is prophesying the alchemy that will occur at the end of the Piscean dispensation. We're at that moment right now. The cycles are turning. We have completed a 2,000-year cycle, and we as individuals on our personal path of initiation have to go through everything that is described in that book of Revelation in consciousness within. Furthermore, the planetary body as a whole passing through its evolutionary initiations must also undergo this. And so, to the mystic as well as to the alchemist, the book of Revelation is a key to the alchemy of self-transformation. We've all heard about the beast, the false prophet, the dragon, and so forth from the book of Revelation. St. Germain comments on this in a different way. He says, Seething vortices of humanly discordant thoughts and feelings daily impose a hypnotic effect upon almost everyone on earth. These tend to nullify the great concentration of intelligent creative power that is the birthright of every man, woman, and child on this planet, though it is consciously employed by far too few. While increasing numbers among mankind seek after freedom, the reactionary elements, either with or without purpose, attempt to burden the race with new shackles each time deliverance from one form or another of human bondage is secured. We see the soul, then, walking in the midst of a menagerie or a jungle of the beasts that appear in this book of Revelation. We see that soul having to become an alchemist in order to get through this path of initiation through the house of horrors that the subconscious realm of the mass mind has become. 
We find that this house of horrors is also very much apparent in many of the countries of the world where tyranny and a totalitarian state is a way of life and mass executions, concentration camps and so forth are still in existence this very day. It is the alchemist wedded to his own inner Christ mind that is able to come forth from those conditions like Daniel in the lion's den unscathed. And so we see then that St. Germain is giving us the tools to deal with the tyranny of the beasts of mass controls that exist on the earth. We can see this in big government, big business, the manipulations of an international economy, and so forth. St. Germain says that the alchemist, who is really your soul and my soul, to be successful, meaning to be the overcomer, to master time and space, must be consciously aware of his God-given freedom to create. Do you realize that today men and women do not even realize that they have been given the power by God to create and to be co-creators with him, and therefore they do not use that power? Those restrictions and restraints, St. Germain says, imposed upon the soul as forms of human bondage must be shunned. Yet in every case these must be distinguished from the necessary laws which structure society. Beauty and righteousness must be emblazoned upon the left and right hand to remind the would-be alchemist of his responsibility to God and man to behold his works before releasing them, to see that they are indeed good and good for all men. What St. Germain really brings forth in this book is that we have the power to create. We have lost that science and the memory of that science because in many incarnations past we have misused the science. We have created not for the good of all, but we have created an energy veil, an e-veil or evil, which is this mass hypnosis that now blankets the consciousness of the people and separates that consciousness from the real self. St. Germain's message is, if you will create according to God's plan, his will, and in his image and likeness, God will restore <coughs> to you when you prove yourself <coughs> to be an alchemist with reverence for life. The full <coughs> science that we had in the beginning when we were with God in the Garden of Eden. I guess without the freedom to create, there really is no freedom, is there? This is precisely what St. Germain is awakening our consciousness to. The idea that we, as the American people, as citizens of the earth and a cosmos, have actually lost this precious sacred gift of the power to create. And this is what St. Germain comes to restore as the master of the Aquarian age. Thank you very much. And thank you. When we return, we will be joined by our good friend, Reverend Sidney Bennett, for further exploration of the law of supply and demand, the science of precipitation, and much more. Please stay with us. online community for positive change. Seventh Wave Network. On the spiritual quest, our upward journey hinges on four basic questions. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? How do I get there? Who are you? You are a spiritual being, a child of God. And when you recognize this, your whole world changes for the better, no matter where you are or who you're with. 
The power of this inner knowing will compel you to come up higher. Why are you here? To master your human nature, fulfill your divine purpose, and become one with God. Where are you going? Simply put, you are returning home to the heart of God, where your soul's journey began so very long ago. How do you get there? Follow the Ascended Masters. These great saints and sages of East and West have walked where you walk. They are committed to helping you to find your way home, and their teachings are always practical. Our goal on The Open Door is to keep the spiritual journey as simple and uncomplicated as possible so that all who choose can walk this path with confidence and certainty. The Open Door is live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, and we are the Summit Lighthouse, the pathway to your ascension. For more information, visit www.tsl.org. The Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260-day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co-creation with Great Spirit. How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history? Peter Tong has dedicated over 20 years of his life's work to exploring that which is beyond understanding. Peter will help increase your awareness and education on this enlightening transformation in consciousness. Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation airs live Wednesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. Listening on a higher dimension. 7th Wave Network. You are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. And we are back. And joining us again today is Reverend Sidney Bennett. Hi, Sidney. Gentlemen. Hi, Sidney. Say, uh, the question of why we have or don't have what we want and need has perplexed mankind for eons. So what do you think uh, it is that controls the manifestation of abundance in our lives? Well, the, the main thing that controls it is, is us. Um, <laughs> you know, look in the mirror. And uh, I think if we understood the application of cosmic law, things would be very different. But we haven't been taught this. And mm. so not having been taught it, it's very understandable that people haven't gained the mastery of it. And I think there's karma. You know, and that, of course, that goes back to us again, that we'll decide what we have or don't have. Um, it's also that these teachings and these laws have been um, manipulated by the fallen angels. Mm. You know, we've been told we're not worthy to have abundance, you know. Yeah. Uh, we've been told you use up too much of the Earth's resources, you know. Yeah. There's a sense of limitation out there. And mm. while we deal with the physical, in God there is no limitation. And so when we understand that, that we have a mastery, we can't have the mastery over what we have, then we can start to learn to co-create with God. We can start to learn to gain our adept shift, if you will, in terms of trying to use God's energy the way he intends it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, well, since, since we're on that subject, let's talk a bit more about cosmic law. Uh, these are basically immutable universal laws that affect all life, aren't they? I mean, what are some of the cosmic laws, the common ones that we might be familiar with? Well, you know, it's very easy to identify with the laws in the physical universe, the, the law of gravity and various things, uh, Newton's third law, for every action there's an opposite and equal reaction. And yet these things also manifest in the spiritual world. God has laws that his universe is ordered, and he wants us to have that abundance, but he also wants us to learn and to gain that mastery of energy 
which we're trying to do in the physical form, so that, that we can gain, as I said, that adeptship. But more importantly than, than just learning to precipitate things is, is learning that is beyond the physical and into the spiritual. And the interplay between the two is absolutely crucial. In other words, people can get rich in a material sense and be absolutely poverty-stricken in the spiritual sense. Mm-hmm. And so you can't separate the one from the other if you want to really follow the path God has laid out for us. You know, you mentioned a moment ago that uh, this may be one of the strategies of the fallen angels to prevent us from realizing the full impact of our co-creativity with God. Um, I, I was raised with a sense of unworthiness and guilt. I mean, and I probably shouldn't all name names, I guess. I was raised Catholic, <laughs> you know, and I think that that was rather pervasive in separating me from the truth of my birthright. Absolutely. And so, you know, these things have a huge impact on the psyche. Mm-hmm. And so we don't do things that we think, for instance, oh, I can't do that because I'll maybe have too much abundance or too much of this or too much of that. And I, you know, at some level in our being, our subconscious, we're saying that to ourselves. We limit ourselves and we limit God. Mm-hmm. And when we understand that there is unlimited abundance in this universe, but we also understand there's a path to be walked and lessons to be learned. So you can't separate the one from the other. People can become rich if they want to and focus on it. But that's not the ultimate goal. The ultimate goal is mastery and union with God. And, of course, God wants to have the abundance that we need as we're getting there. That sounds like the old spiritual paradigm from the West is kind of a, a spiritual socialism. Indeed. <laughs> you know, yeah, spread yeah. the wealth. What would you say is the best source you would recommend for our listeners to, to gain a greater understanding of well, cosmic law? Well, St. Germain has a book. It used to be two books, but now it's combined to one. It's called St. Germain on Alchemy. Oh, perfect. Example. And, um, of course, it's available, I think, on the, on the website. But it's, it teaches and understands us what alchemy is, what change is, not just the physical change, as he mentioned, from base metals to gold, but the changing our being from the human consciousness to the Christ consciousness. And the same principles are at work here. So the things that will be helpful in our spiritual life will also be very helpful in our physical life and our needs, because we do have physical needs. We're in a physical planet and a physical universe, and we have physical needs, and yes, God understands that. <laughs> Let me ask you, uh, what is, where does treasure mapping come in on, on this? Because I, I know treasure mapping has really worked for me. You know, you put the picture of the house you want on the fridge, and all of a sudden, one day, you, you own it. I mean, is that a part of this whole <laughs> well, thing? Well, it's part too? of the visualization, which yeah. is part of precipitation. You know, what you focus your mind on, your thoughts, you're going to precipitate. And that's why it's pretty important to make the right decisions on what you focus on. And if you're just focusing on money and so-called success, you may get that, but it may be the wrong choice for your soul. And so treasure maps do work. And you put pictures on what you want because you're pouring energy into it. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you always say according to God's will. Yeah. Because we may think we need something or want something or it's good for us, but it may not be. And I think the other thing of this, whether it's treasure maps or any kind of alchemy, is you can't give up halfway through, so to speak. <laughs> yeah. You can't make a treasure map, and because the next day it's not there, you're going to throw it away. Right. It takes time. And St. Germain has mentioned that people that go through this, these steps of alchemy, they actually will create something on the, what's called the etheric plane, which where it must be created first before it comes into the physical. And then before they get in the physical, they give up and they stop. Mm-hmm. And so he mentioned up in the etheric plane, there's all these things up there that people wanted, <laughs> but they never got down to the physical. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's like a big Costco. Yeah. <laughs> Pallets of things. Oh, golly, yeah. Well, we've touched on this now already a couple of times, um, the opposition that we may experience via our friends, the fallen angels. You know, we've spoken on numerous occasions about the strategies of the fallen angels, you know, these forces of darkness that constantly attempt to thwart our efforts to be good and to do good. Fear, doubt, anxiety, you know, sense of worthlessness are all part of their, uh, shall we say, nefarious toolkit. Yeah. What should our strategy be to counteract the fallen one's dark motives? 
Well, I think the first thing, again, is affirming who you are. I am a son. I am a daughter of God. It is the Father's good pleasure to give me this abundance and so forth. So you are worthy of it. You may have some karma that blocks it, but that can be overcome. So first of all, acknowledge who you are and that God wants you to have this. And there is opposition to this coming through. It may be your personal karma, but it may also be opposition from external sources. I mean, the attacks on the world economy, the, 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 you know, the stealing of the labor from the people of God that, that build it through manipulation of money and finances. There's a lot of opposition out there to it. But, you know, doubt, fear, anxiety, affirmations. You know, I am worthy. God mm-hmm. has the abundance. Mm-hmm. I can receive it. Mm-hmm. And so don't let those fears and doubts and those projections is what they are that will come on you from the mass consciousness and from the fallen angels that somehow you can't do that, you're unworthy, you know, banished out in fear. As long as you ask for everything to be adjusted according to God's holy will, the sky's the limit. Yeah. I remember one affirmation in particular that I found very useful was, I surrender gratefully to my God-ordained worthiness now. I surrender gratefully to my God-ordained worthiness now. That's a good one. Yeah, it worked for me. Yeah, Lord, <laughs> Lord, I am worthy, make me worthier still. There's another, yeah, right from the Bible. Well, let's change gears for a moment and talk about precipitation. Is it is it truly possible to bring things into manifestation in the physical from from somewhere else, like physically manifesting gold, for example? Well, I, I think as uh, either in your reading or Mrs. Prophet mentioned that <clears throat> there are adepts that can precipitate things physically on demand, but that ability to do so is only given by God to those who have demonstrated that they will not misuse that power. I see. And that's for their protection as well as the protection of others. Because if we misuse power, whether it's precipitation or anything else, then we get the karma of it. And, of course, it's withdrawn from us. So we're not ready for it. Mm-hmm. So, yes, it is possible to physically precipitate things. In fact, we're taught in some of the Golden Age civilizations that were on planet Earth a long time ago, people were able to physically precipitate their food from the, the great abundance. You know, mm-hmm. just like Jesus yeah. multiplied the loaves and the fishes. They had that ability. And it's only when they swayed from their devotion to God and the understanding of cosmic law and the purity of motive that they lost that ability. And, of course, we know the story of the Garden of Eden where you must earn by the sweat of your brow. brow. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it is possible, but God has taken that from us for the most part because he doesn't want us to make any more karma. <laughs> and so yeah. we learn mastery, and we yeah. also learn the value of God's energy. And I want to just mention something here. I think it's a key point. God has unlimited power of energy, but that doesn't mean it should be wasted. It has to be honored Mm -hmm. because it has uses and purposes. So we need to learn how to shepherd God's energy, not to waste it. And even the ascended masters, you think, well, they're ascended, they have unlimited access to God, which they do, but they only have so much energy that they can use for various projects. It's like going to the bank. You know, you have to save up to use energy and so (laughs) forth. And so I want to make that distinction there between an unlimited God, which is absolutely a fact, the fact that we need to learn to properly use energy, not to waste it. This is we learn not to waste electricity or gas in this plane. It's a stewardship. It's a stewardship, yeah. exactly. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting that um, this whole idea of alchemy, you know, particularly the turning base metals into gold, is somewhere in our race memory because we have motifs in literature like the goose that laid the golden egg and uh, other, you know, Midas and the various things. Did we all once possess the knowledge of precipitation but simply forgot it somehow? Well, I think, it, 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 as I mentioned, people used to be able to precipitate food. I don't think they forgot it. I think they lost it. Lost it, yeah. In other words, once Better people said. turn from God and pursue, whether it's the, the physical aspects of life at a different level and, and um, whether it's the pleasures of the flesh or other things, they lose that connection and they lose that ability. And it's a very heavy karma when that happens. And that has that's why this planet seems so dense and why we have to, again, go out and and do things ever at a very physical level. But 
an ascended master or a, an adept can precipitate things that they need and according to God's purposes. Yeah. Well, you know, we can't merely ask for something and expect it to appear, can we? I mean, aren't there certain conditions that must be met first? And if so, what really are they? Well, I think, um, you know, there's a step-by-step in alchemy. You know, the visualization of what you want, the being precise. I think, Tom, you mentioned that in your introduction, mm-hmm. how important it is to be exactly what you want. Because how can the universe fulfill what you need if they don't understand what you need? Right. I mean, it may be very practical. You need a washer and dryer, you know. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, that's that's a very real need. And so end up with a toaster if you're not careful. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so you have to have a visualization of what you want. But there's also lawful needs. Mm-hmm. In other words, I, I was sharing with you, Tom, the other day a story where years ago I lived in Minneapolis and I had a car where the – the, the window on the driver's <laughs> side kept falling out. And in the wintertime, this was very inconvenient. <laughs> yeah. So I think it was a pretty lawful desire to have a decent car and decent transportation, safe transportation. Mm-hmm. It probably wasn't a lawful desire for me to get a Ferrari. Um, <laughs> I mean, right. I don't really need a Ferrari, you know, so to <laughs> right. speak. So, so you have to understand there's a practicality, there's a yeah. sensitivity, there's the right use of God's energy. But you can precipitate what you want. Just make sure it's the right thing in God's will. Yeah, yeah because you don't want a Yugo either. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. You know, I, I would imagine that our own karma might sometimes prevent us from experiencing material abundance. You know, isn't this so? Well, it's absolutely true. Because if you misuse abundance in one lifetime, well, what's the karma of that? It's poverty in the next. Uh-huh. And, <clears throat> you know, on the path of evolution, everybody has lifetimes where they are very rich and very poor. And it's the test of how you use that energy. And the people that misuse the energy of the very rich, well, they may come back and be a, a peasant in, or, or someone in Bangladesh with absolutely nothing. Uh-huh. So it, being rich has a lot of accountability and responsibility, and it's very tough to master that, as Jesus told us. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, You know, one of the keys to abundance and happiness is gratitude. It really is, I think. And, and in particular, gratitude for what we experience, whether it's exactly... Uh, what we want or not. Yeah. So w- what are your feelings about the role of gratitude in experiencing an abundant life? Well, it's very important, not only for, for our spiritual well-being, but our physical well-being. You know, there are people that have all this money, but it's never enough. Mm-hmm. Never enough. I used to, years ago when I was in banking, and I used to work with well-to-do people in private banking, and I had one guy that was worth multi-millions of dollars, and he was just in horrible anguish because he couldn't afford a private plane and pilots like his friends could. Oh, so, oh my you know, my heart went out to him, of course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but gratitude is, is the key to personal happiness, and it's a recognition of all God has given us. He's given us life. He's given us opportunity. Mm-hmm. He's given us karma so that we can learn from it, you know? Mm-hmm. And the Bible says, all things work together for good to them that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. In other words, there's reasons for things in our lives. It's hard to be, to have, be grateful for, for, things that come, but how often have you heard someone that's had a, a near-death illness or something and said it was the best thing that ever happened to me yeah. because I learned so much. Yeah. So gratitude in everything is is key. You know, I think that's very instructive that it, it becomes a habit if we allow it for us to say thank you when things occur, and it changes our experience of them, but it doesn't simply happen the first time we say it. We've got to practice changing whatever our original paradigm was into one of Gratitude for whatever comes our way. Absolutely. You know, it's the mercy of God. Yeah, regardless <laughs> of what it is. Well, we've got to take a break here, but please don't go away. When we return, we'll continue our discussion of abundance, precipitation, alchemy, and more with Sidney Bennett. Don't go away. The new home for visionary positive change. 7th Wave Network. 
On the spiritual quest, our upward journey hinges on four basic questions. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? How do I get there? Who are you? You are a spiritual being, a child of God. And when you recognize this, your whole world changes for the better. No matter where you are or who you're with, the power of this inner knowing will compel you to come up higher. Why are you here? To master your human nature, fulfill your divine purpose, and become one with God. Where are you going? Simply put, you are returning home to the heart of God, where your soul's journey began so very long ago. How do you get there? Follow the Ascended Masters. These great saints and sages of East and West have walked where you walk. They are committed to helping you to find your way home, and their teachings are always practical. Our goal on The Open Door is to keep the spiritual journey as simple and uncomplicated as possible so that all who choose can walk this path with confidence and certainty. The Open Door is live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, and we are the Summit Lighthouse, the pathway to your ascension. For more information, visit www.tsl.org. Step into the doorway to conscious choice, greater health, and well-being. Attain the balance that you've been seeking. Tune in and turn on 1111 Talk Radio. Feed the mind. Embrace positively. Release the tension. Step out of fear. Host Simran Singh will help you broaden your mind and open your heart toward a greater understanding of how to take charge of your life. 1111 Talk Radio is here every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network. 1111 Talk Radio. Because shift happens. Taking you to the threshold of a dream and beyond. 7th Wave Network. You are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. And we are back once again for more discussion with Sidney Bennett. And I'm, I want to shift our conversation away from abundance for a moment and pick up a thread from a discussion we had in an earlier program. Um, I think this relates to today's topic, but it kind of comes at it from a different angle. And I hope that I do not appear too long-winded in setting up this question, but here goes. I think we would all agree that the most important goal of living a good, abundant, and fulfilling life is the ascension. And the reason I want to bring this up here is because when we desire to have more abundance in life, more happiness, more fulfillment, we must realize that these things are not ends in themselves. Rather, they are means to a greater goal, again, our own ascension. So I feel this is incumbent upon us to do our best to make clear what a glorious goal the ascension truly is and why it should become our overriding aim and desire. Uh, you know, most of us were raised with the concept of heaven that, while certainly worth achieving, can sometimes seem, I don't know, vague and undefined. Uh, in, in fact, I've heard some people say that the concept of heaven they've been given is frankly boring. You know, Sydney, you said recently that the ascension is actually a new beginning, an experience that will take our consciousness to new and greater heights. Our ascension will open up to us new opportunities, new relationships, new choices, frankly, a whole new life, but at a much higher level. 
Would you please expand on this idea and feel free to incorporate abundance in cosmic law as you see fit? Well, I, I think, you know, th- what to remember is keep your eyes on the prize. And for most people, at least in the American culture, it's a home, it's mm-hmm. a couple of nice cars, a vacation every year. That's the quote-unquote prize they've been going for, put their kids through college. And there's nothing innately wrong with these. But what it does is divert you from the true purpose of understanding what alchemy is and how you change and grow. Why? Because you will need these skills and this understanding. When you become an ascended master, it just, it's like the door opens. Mm-hmm. And there's plot, lot, one of the initiations, excuse me, you go through after an ascended master is you go out in deep space where there's absolutely nothing, where there's just, it's just darkness and black. And the reason for this is, is to understand how much of the universe there still is to create, how much there is to build, how much there is to do to fulfill God's purposes. Mm-hmm. And it's very exciting to think about that. And the master you gain here now, of course, will be the means by which you win your ascension, you balance your karma, and you open this unbelievably exciting opportunity going forward. So it's very important as we think about alchemy, think about right motives, right reason, right desire, because what you focus your energy on, you'll get. And, you know, be satisfied sometimes with your lot in life. You may have a certain karma. That doesn't mean you, you don't need food and the, and the basics of life. Mm-hmm. But we don't all have to live in mansions to be happy. In fact, on the co- uh, <laughs> contrary, most people that live in mansions aren't very happy. Yeah. And so keep the perspective, this is what I need, but I don't need a lot more, so that you have your energy to focus on what is most essential in this life, which is spiritual growth, spiritual progress, balancing your karma, and doing what you need to do to save this planet and help others enjoy that abundant life that they may not have now for various reasons, either personal or planetary karma or just manipulation by the fallen angels. So we always have to keep the perspective of unselfishness and Mm -hmm. service and have what we need, get the abundance we need to do what we need to do, take care of our families, educate our children and so forth, but keep the higher perspective in mind because this is just the beginning. Wow. I mean, I I just love that concept. And I think seeing ourselves as um, free choosers in an unlimited field of choice is a, a wholly different way of orienting ourselves to I don't know, eternity mm-hmm. than what we may perceive now. And to me, that just seems like a, an amazingly wonderful goal. As you said, keep, the, keep your eyes on the prize, because when you recognize what it is that you're after, and it's truly unlimited, uh, the, the glory of that, it's just it's beyond comprehension. I'm just, it is, you know, and I, I think I mentioned last week about, I uh, saw these shows on TV about these near-death experiences. Oh, yeah. And, and, and I heard one recently, and the guy said, you know, I, I'm content to be here, but I'm looking forward to when the time comes and pass on. Well, unfortunately, as wonderful it is in heaven, if you don't balance your karma, you've got to come back. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And so when you're in the physical plane, <laughs> take advantage of it. Use the violet flame. Yeah. Do good works and pursue this spiritually because it is the way out. And as wonderful as heaven may be, if you don't balance that karma, you're coming back. Well, and if you balance enough of it, you may end up being in the ascended realm, but still having to balance the remainder. Well, you do, absolutely. Yeah. You always have to balance it all. But, right. <laughs> um, you know, and it's a lot harder up there, but obviously you are an ascended master. So take advantage of being in a physical body on this planet. Yeah. There are billions of souls, we've been told, that, that on the etheric that would love to be in embodiment right now, and they can't get in, you know, yeah. because of abortion and other things. So you're here. Take advantage of it. Let every day be precious in drawing you closer to God, balancing your karma, and fulfilling your purposes, because then you're going to take off. And who knows how long it's taken us to get to this point of opportunity. Well, absolutely, and when it will come again, because the cycles come and go. Yeah. Yeah. You know, one law we have yet to discuss, and that's the one that relates directly to the topic of abundance, is the law of the tithe, you know, giving 10% of Mm -hmm. your time, your talent, your treasure to God as his just portion of what we manifest. 
can you tell us what, what a little bit about the law of the tithe, how it affects our experience of abundance? Well, the law of the tithe is a tithe. And, excuse me, it's a law, excuse <laughs> well, me. Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah. And um, you start with the recognition that everything is God's. We are God's, we're created by God, everything in the world is God's. And God has asked us to return a tenth of what he gives us back mm-hmm. to him. Now, not because he needs it particularly, I don't think, but because of the principle of the law of flow. There has to be a flow. You know, the Dead Sea is the Dead Sea because there's no flow out of it. And so tithing is giving back to God a portion that he has given you. It's acknowledging he is the source of that creation, and that opens the gates for additional abundance mm-hmm. or whatever you need to come in your life. I've been practicing the law of the tithe for, I guess, 30 years now, and I can tell you I am amazed at its how it manifests over time in my life. The law works, and I've had situations not just in abundance but in circumstances that I couldn't have created out of my own, and yet I know came my way, I believe, because I have honored the law of the tithe and do so. And even uh, you know, John D. Rockefeller Sr., who I don't think was a particularly religious person, used to give a dime to every person he met. Why? Mm-hmm. Because he understood there had to be flow. And so the flow to God is what God is asking us to do to keep the gates open, to keep the, the abundance coming. And, of course, when you give back to God, God gives you ten times back. And we don't think of it just in terms of financial abundance, but in terms of opportunity, in terms sure. of life and health and all these things. So it's like saying thank you to God, and then God pours 90% back or another 100%. And says, you know, you're it, welcome. It also makes your work sacred. You know, We may have very mundane jobs in the world, but when we give this money back to God through our church or some religious organization, it makes our work sacred because we're, pursu- we're furthering the purposes of God on this planet. It feels good to do it. Right. Well, and, and this is an energetic exchange between ourselves and and God, you know, between ourselves and our guru. Absolutely. You know, so, I mean, it's something I know that when we speak of tithing in terms of time, talent, and treasure, we understand that being in service to our fellow man and therefore being in service to God means more than simply giving money. Can you expand on this a bit? Well, absolutely. Giving of your time, helping people. You know, they say that, that kindness and helping people is, is the money that gets you into heaven. Yeah. And so never <laughs> say no to anybody. Don't allow yourself to be manipulated by those that would do so. But have an open, giving heart. It's the nature of God. And if we want abundance, we have to give. Give freely of our abundance. Give freely of our time, our love. And we receive it back multiplied many times over mm-hmm. on the return current. Because, again, we're talking about cosmic law, the law of karma. What you send forth will come back to you, and it will be multiplied because it attracts the same. So yeah. this is the reason for alchemy, for the spiritual path, for the devotion to God, for service to others. Uh, I mean, it's just it brings happiness, so number I, one. And I think you kind of touched on it before, mm-hmm. but is it okay to be rich? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, you know, Jesus said it's harder for a rich man to enter heaven. We know that than to yeah. get through the eye of a needle. It's okay to be rich as long as you use the abundance properly mm-hmm. and realize that, you know, do I need a, a, you know, another car or should I give some of this money to help someone in need? You know, it's always those decisions. So, you know, it's okay to be rich. God wants us to be abundant. Just make the right use of the abundance and the energy that God gives you. Yeah. Uh, this is a quick question. I, okay. I'd like to just kind of maybe cover this. Is it possible that vows of poverty we may have made in past lives are still affecting our current experience? Of Absolutely. Yeah. Many of us have been in monasteries or, or convents in the past where you take a vow of absolute poverty. And at some level, some level of our being, we're still believing that. So it's, it's okay to say, you know, if you're not a monk or a nun this time that's taking that vow, <laughs> you can renounce that vow of poverty yeah. and ask whatever it is God's will that you have. And it's understanding that, again, God wants you to have that abundance, not only of the material things, but of his light and his love. Wow. Yeah. And, well, we've just done it again. You know, our, an hour has just whizzed by. 
Um, I want to thank Sidney Bennett, as always, for his insight and clarity and sharing his understanding of the Ascended Master's teachings. And we want to thank all of you for joining us as well. And if you have any questions or comments, please send them to webradio at tsl.org. And we read all of our mail yes, we and do. answer it as we are able. Yes, yes, we do indeed. And so until we meet again, remember, though the upward path may sometimes be difficult, the rewards are simply out of this world. So long, everyone. Thank you. Thank you again for joining us this week for The Open Door. This program is broadcast live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. For more information about The Open Door and the Summit Lighthouse, please visit our website at www.tsl.org. We'll see you again next week.